1: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast
0: Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I am your host, Stephanie Preisner, and today with me I have Aoife Harvey, who is a pelvic health physio, which apparently up until last year was called a women's health physio. And she is uh, joining me remotely from Women's Health Dublin. Aoife, thank you so much for joining me. I asked a question on Instagram about podcasts that people wanted me to cover and several people said pelvic health. I didn't even know pelvic health was a thing. Um, I didn't think that I needed to be concerned about the health of my pelvis. I am concerned about the health of most parts of my body but my pelvis is something I've overlooked. Can you tell me what you do and how we can, I don't know, focus on our pelvic health?
1: Absolutely and thanks for having me on Stephanie. So as women's pelvic health physios our main thing is pelvic floor muscle rehab. So most of you will know physios help people with back pain and neck pain and shoulders and all that. But when it comes to our pelvis, we have a very important group of muscles called our pelvic floor. And women at different stages in our lives, unfortunately, might suffer with issues like leakage or um, bowel incontinence, um, painful sex, prolapse, all these issues that come up in the pelvis and they might not be so well informed of it or educated about it until they maybe get pregnant for the first time. And then when you're pregnant, you're in your yoga class here and pelvic floor squeezes, get them done. And the majority of women are like, where's my pelvic floor? Never heard about this before. Uh, And they're also a group of muscles that are invisible to us. So when you're doing your pelvic floor exercises, Most women are doing them wrong or really don't know what they're doing. And that's why they come and see a physio during pregnancy. And lots of women come to us after pregnancy as well.
0: And what uh, this is blowing my mind. I don't even know what to ask. So pelvic floor exercises. Like what I have never I've never heard of them. Sometimes uh, like what brings what comes to mind is like uh, stopping your pee mid flow. That's the only time that you'd ever sort of be like, and, and it only usually happens if you're at a concert or somebody walks in on you in the bathroom. You're like, all of a sudden, like uh, everything clenches, flow stops. But is are, are those the muscles that you're talking about?
1: Yeah, they are exactly the muscles.
0: There's three holes down there for
1: women, our rectum, our vagina and our urethra. And the easiest way to think of it, Stephanie, is if you squeeze your pelvic floor, it closes the holes all three holes close. And when you relax your pelvic floor, they open. So if you want to have sex, you want them to be relaxed. But some women don't know how to relax them and that causes pain during sex for them. When you're having a baby and you're trying to push a baby out and it's painful, you want your pelvic floor to be relaxed to open the holes. But when you might feel like you need to fart or have a wee or you need a poo but there's no toilet close by, you want to squeeze your pelvic floor to close all those holes.
0: Does so that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. But those seem to be very, um, they're very specific and they're very not rare, but like th- these aren't things that are maybe happening every day. So how is it? Is it very important that or they seem like reflexes, like you don't consider like I need to go to the toilet. I need to concentrate on my pelvic floor until I get to the toilet. You just kind of hold it in. Is it not until maybe a woman can't do that or is having some sort of leakage that these things become a problem and is it preventable?
1: Yeah, look, to answer the first one, that's why most women only hear about this in pregnancy, right? Because for a lot of women, only when they're heavily pregnant, they will start to experience a little bit of leakage because the weight of the bump and the relaxing and the hormones in our body can cause a bit of leakage. And that might be their first experience. So it's human nature not to do anything until you have a problem for most people, right? right?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is why when you're pregnant, you're like, oh my God, what's this pelvic floor thing? And then women will really freak out if they do it start to experience a bit of leakage. And again, usually third trimester pregnancy, or for some Stephanie, let's say they're vomiting a lot. Um, in the first trimester and it's not their first pregnancy, their pelvic floor might be weaker, they might experience leakage or if they get a really bad cough during pregnancy or get COVID, God forbid, um, then they might have this pressure on their pelvic floor and they might experience leakage for the first time during pregnancy.
0: So then they come to you all panicked saying, oh my God, I'm leaking, something's going on. And what do you tell them?
1: Well, we do for preventative method- measures tell everyone during pregnancy you should be doing your pelvic floor every day. You're not going to finish pregnancy with a stronger pelvic floor, right? Even if you're doing hitting the gym, going for a run, you're not going to get your PB marathon distance while you're pregnant, unfortunately. So it's nearly about like damage limitation if you want or prevention. But, you know, when they come in to see me in pregnancy, I teach them how to do pelvic floor exercise properly. And then I tell them to do them every day. But again, it's the learning how to do it properly is important. Like stopping the flow of urine is something you hear, but that's actually a test to see if your pelvic floor is working. It's not actually the exercise because it's not good for you to do that. So we we would tell some women once a week or every couple of weeks, see, can you stop the flow of urine mid flow just to see if the exercises are working. Um, And then the most important, thing, Stephanie, is coming to someone like me after the baby, right? There's only so much we can do in pregnancy, but there is a cohort of women who won't even have leakage in pregnancy, but it's delivery, you know, and sorry to say that injury can happen during delivery for lots of women and they might experience more leakage in those early weeks and months after they've had their baby. And one thing I just want to say about postnatal period for women, because I talk about it on my Instagram all the time. You get about 12 appointments during your pregnancy. You get one medical appointment after the baby's born. So women feel very just isolated and left and struggling with all the body changes and the recovery with very little advice or guidance or medical intervention unless there's you know a really big problem. So it's a really lonely period for mums like figuring out what's normal and what's their new normal and all these symptoms they're dealing with. So going to see a physio like myself or women's health physio for a postnatal check we call it where they come to us after 6 weeks and we check everything top to toe, their tummy, their vagina, everything and tell them what's going on and what they need to do to try and recover.
0: Amazing. So what is, what are the exercises? I know you, if people come to see you, you teach them. Can you teach us with just words or do you, do we need to, like, can you tell us what the exercises are? Yeah. So I'll teach you with words, but I want to say
1: that it's, it's way harder to do without learning with someone okay so and I teach it on Instagram all the time but people come in to me like instead of squeezing up Stephanie a lot of women bear down like they're pushing out a baby or pushing out a poop and that's the complete opposite of what they should do Right. or the other big fault they make is that they squeeze but they don't relax again so they'll say if I'm squeezing but nothing happens and I'm like because you're never relaxing the muscle again so I'll try and teach you you ready okay We have a few different cues because different things work for different people, right? Right. So the first one is, imagine you're trying to stop a fart and squeeze your back passage really hard. Try not to squeeze your legs with it, just your back passage. You're making great faces there, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then right, you take that squeeze from your back passage and try and bring it right up to your pubic bone, like you're trying to stop a wee at the same time. I don't even know where my pubic bone is. Okay. (laughs) right at the front of your vagina yes. so right yeah, up to yeah, your yeah. vagina, and then relax so relax your back passage at least at like you're trying to let the wind out again so really make sure you relax
0: relax but you're not putting any pressure
1: no so you're not bearing down like pushing out the poop you're just opening the back
0: passage like you're letting a fart out and is are, are you meant to be doing this while you're sitting lying standing doesn't matter
1: Always start lying down because it's the easiest position. And when you get really good at them and you know you're doing them well, then you can do them sitting or standing, boiling the kettle, sitting in the car, whatever suits. But when you're learning, you really should do them lying down. Okay. So we also bring in a breath with them, which is really important because most women leak when they cough and sneeze and laugh and jump, which is always on an exhale. So we breathe in through our nose, we keep the muscles relaxed and then we squeeze our back passage. Imagine you're sucking spaghetti up your vagina and then exhale slowly. So breathe out through your mouth and keep sucking up the spaghetti and sucking it and sucking it and sucking it and sucking it. And, sucking it. and we're trying to hold for a good 10 seconds if we can. And then we relax again.
0: Right. So and one
1: more time. So breathe. inhale. Inhale inhale do nothing big inhale yeah now suck the spaghetti up your vagina and hold it up there and breathe out through your mouth and slowly breathe out and keep breathing out and keep thinking about your vagina and your pelvic floor and squeezing everything tight and then relax again
0: and is that meant to is that meant to feel the same as the first one that we did yeah okay well it doesn't feel the same as the first one that we did not.
1: So with different cues, Stephanie, like when I have my finger inside someone's vagina, I will say, squeeze your back passage. And if they do it really well, I'll say, right, that's your cue. Okay, and sorry. Another woman Hang I'd on think- a second.
0: You, is, is, a, is a pelvic floor physio, do you touch people on their pelvic floors? Is there a <laughs> pelvic floor massage? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Stephanie this is quite funny because someone on Instagram told me they went to a women's health physio once and they went home to their friend going oh my god I don't think that was supposed to happen <laughs>
0: yes because I thought do. like, what does this session with you look like I thought you'd come in I'd sit opposite you you'd tell me to suck spaghetti up my vagina no, no, you're no, getting all hands no. on. No, we
1: always internally assess them. So we put our finger inside their vagina to feel if the muscles are working. And not only that, Stephanie, I assess women in their vagina, especially after babies, how much wider is their vagina? How much longer is their vagina? Is there a prolapse there? I check all their stitches. I put a little headlight on my head and I get down underneath their body and I look for everything and make notes of everything. So absolutely, we do internal assessments. And that's why I'm saying to you when we're teaching them, we can feel if someone has had damaged muscle on one side and not on the other or if they're not lifting their muscles up to the urethra to stop the flow of pee. So it's way more complex than just doing a few squeezes, as you can imagine
0: So, while I have you, I'm going to take the opportunity to um, take you hostage for a minute and tell you about the merchandise that we are selling. We have notebooks and pens, which are branded with the basically branding. And you should buy them. You should buy them because it's a lovely notebook. Who doesn't need a notebook? If you are a Head Stuff podcast member, if you buy the notebook, you get the pen for free. It supports me, it supports the podcast, it supports the producers, the people who work on the show, and means that we can continue to make these podcasts and give them to you for free. If you want to become a Headstuff podcast member, if you get a lot from the podcast and you think, God, I'd like to support Stephanie and the podcast, you can become a Headstuff podcast member for €5 plus that. uh, Or you can give more if you want to. Go to headstuffpodcast.com and you can click register there and you pick a podcast. You can pick up to three podcasts. If you pick three podcasts, what happens there is that the €5 that you're giving gets split between the three podcasts that you're supporting or you can pick just one podcast say you pick my podcast then you'll get my bonus material for free and all of the bonus material for all of the other podcasts on the network so it's a really really good deal five euro all of these special podcasts so if you want to do that do it I'll be very very grateful the people who are in the community the Head stuff podcast members are my favourite people they support the podcast they mean that you can listen to this podcast for free it's five euro a month I'm going to stop talking now but I really appreciate your support thank you oh and also if you cannot afford to support the podcast but you want to support the podcast, you can also give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a good review or share the podcast with two other people. That's it. Just send the podcast to two other people who will listen to it, who you think will benefit from it. That helps to get our listeners up, which helps us get sponsorship. It's all how it works. And uh, yeah, I'd be really grateful if you do that too. Bye. This is
1: how it's always been. Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join me, Anna Carey. And me, Karen Moynihan, as we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten.
0: If you ever read about Elizabeth and Jessica, the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course.
1: Of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnapping, stolen boyfriends and school dances to
0: entertain you. Find us on the Head Stuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. sorry I know I'm going to get back into like how we do this but how did you get into this job what made you go do you know what I'd love to do when I finish my leaving cert I'd love to test the integrity of the vaginal muscles of women
1: I don't know how to answer this. I was a regular physio. Like we all start off as regular physios. So treating backs and shoulders and all yeah. that. <laughs> then I started doing some courses in women's health and I was interested in it. But of course, then I got pregnant. Right. There's one thing having a scientific interest okay. and realizing that women's health isn't supported enough in our country. But going through pregnancy and delivery and being a physio and going, oh, my God, this is not fair. Like women are not looked after and they're it's a scary time. And there's huge changes in our body. And women always say that to me, Stephanie. I don't know if my vagina's changed. I don't know what's going on down there. We are really the only people that examine them properly afterwards. And, you know, even when you see your GP at six weeks, it's generally talking about the pill, a quick check of the stitches. So, yeah, like I have my head in vaginas all day. (laughs) And when I tell you no two vaginas look the same, like no wonder men don't know what they're doing, in all fairness. And do you,
0: (laughs) is there a version of you in a maternity hospital? It sounds like there really should be. So there are. But like every
1: health system in Ireland, there is a small team, and they're there for everyone, and they just can't meet the demands. So their priority, Stephanie, is women who have grade three and four tears, which means a tear into your back passage, which makes women like fecally incontinent, um, and then lots Sorry, of a tear surgeries. from labour, your vagina, yeah, from oh, labour.
0: Jesus, Go yeah.
1: On. So where that's only about like. I think four percent of women, six percent of women, they will always be seen in the hospital by the physios and then women who have gynae surgery. So there's a lot of women in maternity hospitals that are not there for having babies and the physios will be seeing them too. So they're just under too much pressure, like every system in the world. So, yes, they're there, but they can't just see everyone as this postnatal checkup to see how you're getting on unless there's kind of a big issue. And so your GP can refer you, but the waiting list can be, you know,
0: quite long. Okay, so sorry, let's just I, I deviated there. Um but let's go back. So we've tried two of the um two of the ways to do it. Um and obviously without your hand inside the person, you it's it's only self reporting, which is probably not yeah. very reliable, right?
1: yeah and there is out there like look where there's a problem there's a solution so there's actually loads of gadgets out there now like little probes you put in your vagina and it goes to an app on your phone and you squeeze the probe and the app tells you if you're squeezing and there's a chair out there now that you sit on it and it does the squeezes for you but it costs an absolute fortune Um, but with all those little pelvic floor trainers as we call them the problem is they don't tell you if you're relaxing so they tell you about your squeeze but they're not foolproof like women come in me and they're bearing down each time but the app doesn't tell them that right, so okay. I always say like just even visiting vid- visiting us once it's like someone taking up golf and going with a golf pro to get a few lessons before they just take out to the course themselves you know yeah even once visiting us and go to get the is this right, right. I'm a, yeah. yeah and then you're you're good to go but when you're doing it wrong the whole time it's just a waste
0: and what happens if you don't do this what if you're like, yes, I had a baby. Yes, I'm leaking, but I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and pretend that this will all just like get better postpartum. Do things just get really bad?
1: Um, Yeah, look, w- what makes things really bad is then when women have to get back to sport or exercise or lifting their kids. You know, you don't have a baby and just sit there and do nothing. You're actually busier than you've ever been in your life. Yeah. So look, when you don't look after the incontinence after baby, it doesn't tend to get better with time. You know, it, it kinda can get it, if anything, it can get worse as the demands of your life increase. Does or it even get a one worse year old
0: on multi like on further pregnancies.
1: It can do. So what can happen some women, Stephanie, is They have a baby, they've leakage. They come to me, we fix it, right? And then they get pregnant again. And on the second pregnancy, they're like, oh my God, I'm leaking from like the second trimester or like that, I've had nausea or vomiting in the first trimester and I'm leaking straight away. And I will say, because your baseline's different, because your pelvic floor, like your body's been through this before. So your body's a little bit weaker to the pregnancy changes. So it could be that it gets worse during pregnancy. It could be after the second baby's born, you're more symptomatic, but that doesn't mean we can't help it again so i don't want everyone to think oh my god that's it now for me you know they they could come to us or if we can't fix them with exercise and pessaries sometimes i have to send them to the urogynese for little procedures you know there's other medication and things botox things they can do
0: and how like is this a how many pregnant women like what percentage of pregnant women experience these and and what percentage of women have this same experience but it's not connected to pregnancy Like, can you just get pelvic ill health from something else that isn't pregnancy?
1: Oh, yeah, like constipation, chronic cough,
0: menopause. Right, okay, that can all damage your pelvic floor or make it weaker.
1: Yeah, or if if some women have to have, unfortunately, gynae surgeries for cancer and things like that, you know, hysterectomy.
0: Is there anything that, like, you? is there any cohort of women that have, like, very strong pelvic floors naturally from some sports that they do or some... Like, do you ever see a group of people and you're like, they always have great pelvic floors?
1: Yeah. Well, any woman who's slim and really active will have a great pelvic floor. That's the truth. But weightlifters, CrossFit, you know, high level, like elite athletes. But the problem is, Stephanie, and this is where it lies, when you're having a baby and you're, pushing out a baby for want a better word a strong pelvic floor is not your friend you need a relaxed pelvic floor okay so actually those women with really tense pelvic floors might have worse birth injuries and then that might, might lead them to have issues after birth even though they were this really fit healthy person
0: so can you help people before they have babies to make their pelvic floors less strong
1: Yeah. So in around the third trimester, around 34 weeks, I get women in and I do think I'll perineal massage with them put the finger in their vagina and stretch the perineum, which is the space between their vagina and their back passage to help it get loose and stretchy for delivering the baby. We also teach them how to relax their pelvic floor. Like that's what I'm saying to you. When they're doing squeezes, most women can squeeze. You say squeeze your back passage, they will, but they don't know how to relax it. And that's just as important as the squeeze for everyone. So when you come to labor and like for me, I didn't have an epidural, like it's sore, but I have to try and keep my brain focused on relaxing my pelvic floor while I'm in pain and, and effectively pushing out our baby. So even teaching them birthing positions to help get the baby out without tearing. So it's like the prevention method of these are the things I can do in my labour to reduce my risk of injury so that I don't have a problem afterwards.
0: Because when everyone was saying to me like, oh, do a podcast on pelvic health, I was like, what is this? Would those women, like is it primarily for pregnant people. That, like, is the is your main clientele pregnant people?
1: No, my main clientele is postnatal people because, unfortunately, Sorry, yes, people only postpartum. Sm- like, yeah, like a small cohort come in in pregnancy going, show me what to do. The most of them don't do that, but come in after going, oh, God, Eve, I'm in trouble. (laughs) And that's human nature. I should have come to you in pregnancy. I didn't listen to anything you told me. Um, And then they come in afterwards going, oh, my God, I'm leaking or I think I have a prolapse. Please check me. Um, So that's the majority. But I also then, Stephanie, have a big cohort of women in their 40s who are out running after their kids and are leaking all the time when they run or they get to perimenopause and menopause, where there's a big change in hormones, and then these pelvic issues come again. So it's in the realms of like hormones. It's pregnant or just had a baby, or now I'm going into perimenopause and menopause. They're the cohorts we see.
0: Is there um, do tampons have uh, any sort of impact on your pelvic health? The use of tampons, like while you're while you have a period, no, but just like the fact that every month for decades we put these things into our vaginas and no. no.
1: No, not necessarily. Look, I would recommend cotton, like cotton pads and things or the menstrual cups because they're, you know, eco-friendly and changeable. But no, that like using tampons isn't an issue. Some women just find that they can't put in a tampon because their pelvic floor is too tight and it's sore. Okay. And other women find if they have a prolapse that it pushes their tampon back out. But the use of tampons in your teenage years, no, is not going to cause an issue for you.
0: I've heard of a thing called vaginismus. Is that something that you treat? Will you tell people yeah. what it is and...
1: Yeah. So vaginismus is basically like being really having pain and sensitivity in your vagina. So be it trying to have sex, trying to put in a tampon. If someone was trying to do an ultrasound scan and put a little scanner into the vagina or like a smear test, women just cannot tolerate them. And there's lots of different reasons, Stephanie. So some can be, you know, psychological that like post-trauma and things like that, that they need psychological counselling, but as physios, we work, again, internally, physically trying to help the pelvic floor relax and teaching the woman how to let go of the tension in her pelvis and in her vagina so we can open the vagina. And there's also these little things called dilators. They're really small little silicone um, pointy things, for want of a better word, that put you put in there to help stretch the vagina. It's basically the vaginal opening just won't open. So a lot of them just cannot tolerate sex at all. And I see women, I see girls 19 years old coming into me trying to have their first sexual experience. And I see women in their 30s, 40s, 50s with it too. It's something not really talked about a lot.
0: And seeing someone like you, how long would it take to sort of rehabilitate that? Will they need multiple sessions with you? Or is it again, sort of like you're giving them the skills to help themselves?
1: Like if someone has tolerated sex before or can use a tampon, to me, I'm like, oh, three or four sessions. That's all they'll need for yeah. me to help them. Different if someone there's someone who might take me two sessions just to get my finger inside, you know, Right. Okay. so someone else might need longer. They might only come to me once a month or once every six weeks and then they go off and do their counselling and their exercise and their homework and then back into me again. So it does
0: depend, you know. I think this is the first podcast that I've done that I'm like, I had no idea any of this was a thing at all and I'm fascinated is there which means that I don't know what to ask you is there anything else that you think people should know and if not where can they find you and 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 where can they find out more
1: yeah look what else could people know depending on your audience like if you leak urine there's help out there like this is seen as a quality of life issue so 50 percent of women in their lifetime would experience this like that's huge right but only one in 10 reported to their doctor because it just doesn't seem like you know a big thing or they just wear pads or wear black underwear or wear black leggings or avoid the exercises they love so if you're leaking at all like please go and see even start with the women's health physio we can refer you on to a roguine if we feel like you need more intervention um and like when you're pregnant like please look after your pelvic floor please go and see someone like this get educated about your labor and how to prevent injury and for every single woman who has a baby please go and get a postnatal checkup the this service in Ireland. It's not just Ireland, England, America. In France, every woman pregnant and postnatally gets 10 physio sessions as part of their care. And it doesn't happen in Ireland at all. And we need to start thinking more about preventative care. So when women have babies and they don't know what's going on with their body, they should be coming into someone like me and even get direction for getting back to exercise. You're not supposed to run till at least 12 weeks postpartum. So just because you see your doctor at six weeks and they say all is good, no running or high impact till 12 weeks after baby's because your body's just not ready for it. So yeah, I just think we need to get the word out there that unfortunately women need to direct themselves instead of maybe their doctors telling them where to go or maybe their best friend will tell them. Um, So look after your pelvic floor. You will never look back in your life and say, I wish I didn't bother with those pelvic floor exercises. (laughs) 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 They're boring. My advice to women, Stephanie, is do them when you get into bed every night. Like we are creatures of habit and routine. If you get into bed and lie down and do your 10 squeezes 10 times, or for 10 seconds or what I say is do five minutes. You might get 20 or 30 done in five minutes because the research says three times a day but women are not compliant with that. Like we're just too busy. Like when you have a baby you don't even have time to have a shower or brush your teeth. No doubt stop and do these three times a day. So get into bed at night time even if the baby's beside you and do them for five minutes and get them done and stay in a habit of it and you will never regret it.
0: If people want to know more I'm absolutely sure that they will. Where can they find you? On Instagram, Instagram, where is your clinic? And are there clinics nationwide? Because not everyone is based in Dublin. I don't even know. Are you based in Dublin? Yeah, I'm in Dublin. Yeah.
1: So I'm a north side, north side of Um so I'm in Donamieve, Dublin 13. There are women's health physios all over the country. Um most of us are private. all hospitals do have a department. So please ask your GP or your doctor in the hospital to be referred. But just know, just the way the HSE is, there's just waiting lists. So you have the option to go private. Your health insurance will cover part because we're all chartered physios. So do Google or you can go on the ISCP.ie page. That's the physio association that has a list of us or just Google in your local area. You'll find there is some brilliant ones all over the country. My Instagram is Women's Health Dublin. I am on there every day talking about leakage vaginas, pooping, painful sex all the things that nobody talks about that we should be talking about.
0: Thank you so much. That is Aoife Harvey from Women's Health Dublin who is a pelvic health physio. That is another episode of Basically. If you want to get in touch with the show you can email us basically at headstuff.org Our music is by Only Ruin Our graphic design is by Kahlo O'Gara We're produced by Julie Hassett and we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Catch you next week.